0: You ever wonder why we're here?
1: To make jokes about donut holes.
0: <laughs> I don't think I have a good rejoinder for that. That, that was amazing. <laughs> back to RVB Recall. We are here, we are uh, having a grand old time doing time travel, and we are talking about Season 17, Episode 4, Breaching the Taurus. I am Katie. And I'm Megan. Hey, everybody. And this was a heck of an episode. It was only nine minutes long, and they managed to pack so much into all of these episodes. I'm really impressed with how all of these are turning out so far.
1: This is a very dense season, and... I think we should have known that it was going to be a very dense season just through the fact that we're traveling, you know, we're doing time travel and paradoxes. I feel like we should have known it's going to be super dense. Um, But that being said, I don't feel bogged down by it at all. Like, I don't feel like a lot of it's going over my head or that I'm not getting it. Like, this is all felt really well paced and like, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the ride.
0: Yeah, it's dense, but it's clear. And it's moving along at a really good clip. Like everything is very well explained. Like, I I think our best example of this is watching the scene and chorus go down. And then at the very end, Epsilon, quote unquote, given that little giggle in the Genkins voice and then getting back into character. And I think that was really, really good shorthand for, hey, we've already established that Genkins is establishing, establishing, possessing people, namely church. Here's your shorthand for, yeah, that's what just happened. Fans are smart. Y'all can keep up with us. Let's roll. So it's a very good, very clear, very concise way of fitting in a lot of information in a short amount of time. So, yeah, I love what they've been doing. And we have a fun and interesting title for this one, a Breaching the Taurus, T-O-R-U-S. Now, you looked this up. What is a Taurus?
1: That was my question because I haven't heard of this spelling of the word Taurus mm-hmm. before because I've heard of Taurus, like Torres, like our, our good buddy Alexis. Yeah. Um, um, and, of course, like the, the astral, uh, the, the what's it called? the zodiac yeah the zodiac sign um uh, <laughs> that um so we looked it up and uh in according to wikipedia in geometry a torus is a uh, surface of revolution generated by revolving a circle in three-dimensional space about an axis coplanar with the circle if the axis of the revolution does not touch the circle, the surface of the ring shape is called a torus of revolution. And guess what? This, uh, the uh, picture looks like a donut. And uh, if you just type it into Google, like, that will, it will give that definition. And then in parentheses, example,
0: a donut. <laughs> That's a hell of a deep cut. It really is. And the one thing I literally just realized while you were reading that definition, you know what else that is? A halo.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's just
0: the deepest of God's Jeez, Rooster Teeth.
1: My God. Like, that's that's one of those things where you have to take off your glasses and go, my God.
0: And under those glasses are another pair of glasses.
1: And that's the paradox. Yep, probably. So yeah, I I thought that was interesting and I'm also not an expert but looking at like sort of I think it's interesting bringing up the idea of a donut shape in relation to math and space and time. I think it's interesting. I'm not an expert in quantum physics in any capacity nor am I an expert in geometry or math uh, but For some reason, I'm getting a notion in my brain about something about time and space going in a circle (laughs) because that is why clocks are round. Uh,
0: (laughs) I'm
1: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to steal your joke.
0: No, that's perfect.
1: Um, But so, yeah, there's something about that shape that reminds me of like a diagram I'd see on a blackboard during Back to the Future. And I don't know why that's an image that's popping up in my brain, but it is.
0: And the fact that they gave us this title and gave us a term that we, and probably a number of other people went to go look up, they're putting that idea in our heads early. And I don't think it's just for the donut joke. So I think you might be onto something there. I have no idea what it could possibly be yet. I don't think we have the context for it quite yet.
1: I will laugh if the answer is that is why clocks are round. Like, I would get a chuckle out of that.
0: I mean, we'll come back around to that, I'm sure. There's no way we're not going to come back around to that joke. Look at what this entire season is about. But speaking of coming back around to things, let's uh let's come back around to our heroes. Wash, who is super tired of Krovo's monologuing, and just decides to jump into the Everwind, caca caca, and Donut, who just uh hero types and goes in after him. And I really liked this comment of, or rather, leader types. I wrote that down incorrectly. And I really like this comment about leader types because the dynamic of leadership to me is really interesting in this season so far because whenever they're in front of the guys it has to be Wash taking the lead because he's an established leader they know him they'll listen to him and we have established that they will not listen to Donut but in terms of actually traveling the ever when and dealing with what's happened It's very much Donut who's the leader here. It's called the Everwhen. Focus on a memory. That's how we navigate it. Uh, You do the talking. And at one point, you need to get your shit together. We have a job to do. So Donut might be fed up with leader types, but here he is one.
1: I also really appreciate this because we've brought it up time and time again, but Wash... If we're talking about like in relation to his place on the freelancer team, he was the donut slash caboose of his particular team. And, you know, he has obviously grown and changed a lot since then, but he's also far more capable than our, uh, the reds and blues, typically speaking.
0: He's a blue for a reason.
1: Yes, that's very true. I mean yes he here's the thing is he is at his core he's a little bit of a goof Uh, he's a little bit uh, he's a little bit silly and you get that uh, a huge indication of that as he's falling through the everyone going I regret everything immediately Um, which great great line reading Shannon that was fantastic Um, but yeah it's cool. To see Donut step up in terms of his leadership role while also being reminded of sort of wash's roots at least at least in terms of like his placement on his own team in the past, because like the reds and blues don't ever treat him like he was the caboose or the donut of his team. Only Carolina ever <laughs> treated him that way. Um, and since then it's become more of a partnership. But yeah, it, it's interesting now that he's been brought back into it. The default dynamic is Wash is in charge. And why would anyone listen to me when, when you know, when Washington is here? I'm just going to say something that everyone's going to misconstrue. Uh, and seeing that, like that disappointment in Donut when he realizes, he you know, he's been given an opportunity to lead just like Washington and it falls flat. Oh, it's heartbreaking to hear the disappointment in his voice but then when they go off and it's just the two of them again he is able to step back up so I wouldn't be surprised if within the next couple episodes if Donut finally gets the chance to step up in front of all the guys and it isn't uh, a speech filled with double entendres or it is but he's like shut up and let me finish
0: (laughs) I do have to say that his awareness now of his own vocal patterns is both wonderful and heartbreaking because debrief is a legitimate term but coming from donut he doubles your entendres without even thinking about it and it's just it's it's fun i find it kind of funny and i find it kind of sad that he stops and has to think about it and goes wait wait no that's not what i meant ah but I do think that you're right and that he will have to step up because at the moment where we leave them, he's in blood gulch, washes off in a place that I'm sure will break our hearts next episode, especially since we have confirmation that Miles is writing the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Wave your feelings goodbye. But we're also at a point in time where the guys don't really trust freelancers, like, at all. So another freelancer showing up out of the blue is not going to have as much clout as Donut, who's been there and can say, hey, no, here's the situation. Because in Blood Gulch, Wash is not a familiar face. I mean, no, he wears a helmet all the time.
1: Ah! <laughs> you that know was know what I mean. That was stupid. And it
0: was wonderful and I love it.
1: That was stupid. I love it. I'm going to have to cut all this. I refuse. Do you ever have one of those things where you're in a group of people and you start to realize about halfway through that the joke you're telling is not the joke that this group of people needs to hear. For me, this would be like if I went home and I told a, a liberal joke around a bunch of conservatives. Like, that joke would go over like a lead balloon. This in And the, obviously that works in the reverse. That hyper-awareness is what Donut is experiencing in real time. And I gotta tell you that's one of the worst feelings in the world is like your own awareness of how bad what you're saying sounds to this group of people and I can't I I get it Donut like I feel your pain and I feel really sorry for him this entire time I feel I have a lot of empathy for Donut in this scene
0: yeah that moment when you realize that in this conversation the light at the end of the tunnel is the light of an oncoming train
1: yeah, that sounds about right. But I, I love this team up and uh, it is a shame that they get separated, um, that they have to go back in time to a certain point where they are separated and they're going to have to come back together. That being said, that period is in the red versus blue timeline is one of my favorite time periods just in terms of the chronology of this show so going back to it is something i'm fascinated by i am very interested in seeing what miles does with it because the as if i recall correctly his very first episode was uh, that one what was it out season it, season, 10. season 10 out of mind which was very much the voice of a character from this sort of time period. Um, so yeah, I'm excited.
0: If I said I liked your armor, would you hold it against me? Just like, oh, that hurt a lot. So I, yeah, I am really interested to see where we go next episode. Um, we kind of skipped over this a little. I want to point out one slight fridge horror thing and I want to go into the scene that we chatted about a bit but didn't really want to go in depth into. Um, the fridge horror bit is the ever when is every memory you've ever experienced all at once. And, uh, for agent memory is the key Washington, that's
1: probably kind of a nightmare. Honestly, that wasn't something I was, like, consciously thinking about until you brought it up. I want to say the second time we were watching this episode, because then it dawned on me, like, oh, my God, does that mean this is all of Epsilon's memories as well? Which made me go, oh my god, could he theoretically go back in time and possess the director? Like, because all of those would include the memories of Dr. Leonard Church and the memories of Epsilon, which, you know, start and branch off into their own thing. And would that or would that not include all of the scenarios in which they tortured Epsilon? So I'm sitting here going like, Washington in the Everwind, that's a dangerous thing. And it's a good thing they keep going back to that memory of him shooting Donut. Like, I'm glad that that's a vivid memory and not all the stuff he's probably actively repressed from how the memories of Epsilon and the torture that Epsilon endured traumatized him during Project Freelancer.
0: I think if we went back to that particular time period, he'd probably wind up in his own body as the rookie because he was there at the time. I mean, that's not a great sentence, but you know what I mean. But yeah, all of that, all at once, mixed with everything else. Just like, oh, this is some... I'm sure that that wasn't what was intended, but... Oh buddy, this is some fridge horror. I'm not so sure about that in
1: terms of not what was intended. Look at the team of writers that we have for this season. I have a feeling maybe it was.
0: God damn it, Miles. Uh-
1: <laughs> God damn it, Joe. God damn it, Jason. You all know what you did.
0: All of you. <laughs> yeah. But I also want to touch on the fact that they keep coming back to the scene where Wash shoots Donut. That is the most on-screen chemistry with not necessarily just those two, because again, Simmons and for a hot second, Lopez, and also in the background, the meta. But that, And I love the fact that every time they waltz off to go have a conversation, you know, the meta's just chilling in the background like, the fuck? Okay, what are we doing? Why? Just imagine every single time they go to walk off the meta back there, just like "Mm, gigantic Kanye shrug, menacing Simmons. But yeah, this is the biggest character uh, relation, the biggest character interaction that they have together, which I think is part of why we keep circling back to it. And I do like that. We've taken this, well, these two haven't really interacted, aside from the time that Wash shot Donut, and establishing from there, like these two characters haven't really had a lot of one-on-one scenes. Let's build on that. Let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes in this situation. And I love doing that. And I love it when my media does that. And I really appreciate that that's what they're doing. And in much the same way that getting shot hurts more every time for Donut, it just gets funnier every time for us. It's the, um,.
1: Equivalent of the sideshow Bob stepping on the rake thing, the the whole thing with that episode uh, from The Simpsons, Cape Fear season five, uh, it's my favorite episode. Is there's an for anybody who hasn't seen it, there's an extended sequence of sideshow Bob stepping on rakes over and over and over again, and they they put it in there like that as a way to fill time, and yeah oh that. God what they it's one of several things that they did in the episode that was done as essentially padding um and they let the scene go and it went on long enough for the scene to stop being funny and then they let it keep <laughs> and then they kept it going and it became funny again and that's sort of what we're getting here only it it hasn't stopped <laughs> being funny yet um but you know you let a bit go on long enough it swings right back around um so what I I love what you were saying about this being one of the moments that we go back to, not just for the joke and not just because it's a very vivid memory for Donut and probably a very vivid memory for Wash because this was the turning point for him. I like it from a a meta perspective because it is one of the only times we've ever seen them on screen together. Um, Because every if you think about it, every other time, it's in a big group moment this is one of the few one-on-one times if not the only one-on-one time the two of them ever had together which I think says a lot (laughs) about their their dynamic and their relationship so I'm with you I'm really interested in seeing the moment of the of Donut getting shot as the basically the the foundation for their relationship going forward. I think that's fascinating.
0: Especially since the last time we addressed Donut getting shot was sometime in season 10 and Donut going, hey, who's the guy in blue armor? And Walsh just kind of whistling innocently. Like, it's obviously something that at some point they had a conversation about because they both know about it, but that's not a conversation that we saw on screen. We just kind of got a hand wave that. So that's... I do appreciate that they're doing this. Before we move on to our next topic, let's have a word from our sponsors. Rooster Team Radio is sponsored by Fred's BS, breads and spreads by Fred. Fred's BS is an L.A. local one-man baked goods business that offers unique flavors in small batches. Whether you're looking for homemade jams, brownies, blondies, or brown sugar buddies, the best cookies you've ever had, Fred's BS can provide. All products are made in small batches with fresh ingredients, nothing is ever frozen, and Fred provides a plethora of flavors that can't be found in stores, like the aforementioned brown sugar buddies or his strawberry peach paradise sunrise jam. Also, if you're LA local, you can choose pickup instead of delivery and get your goods even sooner. Head to fredsbs.com and use coupon code theroosterteam for 20% off your entire order. That's FredsBS.com, F R E D S B S.com, and coupon code The Rooster Team, team with an M. FredsBS, treat yourself because you deserve it. We really need to talk about that scene on chorus. We touched on it a bit, but this was painful and I think necessary because we talked about the bits with Donut attempting a debriefing, as it were, and having that awful, awful realization or continuing to have that awful self-awareness. And Wash delivers this. He's gotten really good at these leadership speeches. And Shannon, as always, just has unbelievably good delivery for these. Like, you 100% buy it. Just this leadership speech about, look, everything's a little crazy. I need you to trust me. This is why. Do you trust me? And he has everyone saying, I am confused but motivated. I don't know what I'm in, but I'm in. Just things like that like yeah they're down they're in for it and then we have Gankins just sidling in under this mask of concern and completely pulling the rug out from under him the whole i know a fractured personality when i see one you need help and carolina agreeing with him because uh I don't know if Carolina ever saw Wash while he was having his breakdown. I think that she was off a cliff by the time it got too bad for him to function. But she knows it wasn't good, and she—who knows if she talked to Epsilon about it? Like we—we we have no idea. That would have been something that happened off-screen if it did. So we have Genkins pulling the rug out from under him under the guise of concern. We have Carolina following along, under genuine concern, and we have Wash, who is still not over the fact that, once again, someone he trusted lied to him, snapping at her. And just this whole scene, watching this turning point from, holy cow, this is going really well, to, oh, this is a train wreck, oh, no, we didn't need this, was really well done and really painful
1: yeah it's funny because when he first starts giving the speech us on the other side of the fourth wall we're like "Oh, wash because it's super heartfelt um, you know at one point he even says at the risk of sounding gushy I'm so happy to be counted amongst you like what a good line and so yeah and it, I- it is motivational he says you're gonna win this fight and you're gonna win the one after that and the one after that and we're gonna win every fight because that's what we do it's genuinely motivating but you go back into like the situation itself and at the the risk of sounding too like getting too personal here um he like i don't know if you've ever been in a scenario where a friend of yours all of a sudden started speaking nonsense like literally things that you were trying to connect in your brain is being cohesive and making sense but in actuality didn't and coming to the slow realization that that person is not okay I don't know if you've ever experienced that I sadly have Um, not to go into too many details but it is a terrifying realization when you realize that the person you're talking to is not well and in need of help it is heartbreaking and it's it like i said it's kind of terrifying too the so i really feel for carolina here because in this moment at one point wash is giving them a very thorough breakdown on what needs to be done to take down felix and locus and then in an instant he's somewhere else talking about i don't know did he mention time travel specifically
0: in her eyes he goes from giving a thorough breakdown to having a thorough breakdown that's a very succ- succinct way of putting it yeah and yeah so i
1: feel for her so much in this moment and i felt for her a lot last season when i know like the her choice to not tell wash again it was a controversial one I felt for her a lot during that season and I feel for her a lot in this moment um so like watching this unfold was both like awesome and super well written and utterly devastating and then yeah seeing him completely turn on turn like turn on her and throw it back in her face for something she hadn't done yet you know um so yeah, it's going to be interesting because he's going to have to forgive her in order for them to proceed. Um and I I do want to drill down into what Donut says in her defense later on, but um yeah, do you do you have any more thoughts on this moment? Right <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's let's drill down on this because Donut says like because yeah, Wash is super upset that she lied to him. Um and Donut's defense of this is but she didn't. You were never brain damaged because she fixed it. She was willing to risk all of time and space to save you, which while I do agree with the sentiment of like, oh yeah, like she did, she, she knew the risks. She did this for you to save you. While I acknowledge that that is true, I mean, that doesn't change the fact that she did lie. And, again, I I felt for her a lot last season. But, like, yeah, it didn't happen because of the paradox, but it did happen, you know? You can't just hand wave it because a paradox happened. She tried to make it right, that's true, but she still lied to him, and that's something that they're going to have to resolve.
0: Oh, yeah, actions have consequences. They're not dropping that ball. I do like... Again, I like that Donut put on his leadership pants, essentially, and pulled Wash aside and was able to give him the talking to and the context he needed because at the end of last season, Wash stormed off, and then a paradox that he was not part of occurred. So he didn't have that bit of information. He didn't realize that going back to try to save him was Carolina's idea and that they she talked all of them into it even knowing the risks like that was context he didn't have that said i absolutely agree with you trying to fix it doesn't mean that it never happened like wash is okay now but she still made the decision to lie to him she still did that and he still remembers that so on one hand he has that and that does have consequences for their relationship and for his treatment of her But on the other hand, he also now has the information that she did try to fix it, that it wasn't just her making this decision and sticking to it, that there was some regret, that she didn't like that she'd done it, that she wanted to make it right. So while it doesn't change the fact that she did lie to him, it adds an extra layer of context for him to consider. And that whole, yeah, I have a lot of stuff to unpack, He really does. And despite the fact that they have all of time, they really don't have any time at all. So Donut pulling out his best drill sergeant, (laughs) which, as it turns out, is a good way to get to Wash and just kind of, Hey, soldier, we need you. Get back to the present. Let's go. Can you do that? Can you focus? And him, oh, right. Yes, yes. Like, he's a soldier. He still responds to, Come on, soldier, get it together and I love that and I also love the Wash just trying to pay him a compliment you know, you can be kind of scary when you're mad oh I'm so sorry <laughs> like, yeah, it's still Donut He's, he, can, he can do what Wash needs for a time but he obviously can't fill that role that's Wash's job he can just snap him out of it well enough to get him to go back to that that was not a good sentence but you know what I mean
1: that's why they make such an interesting and actually well-balanced team. Uh, again, it's fascinating to watch. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it doesn't change, you know, what, what Carolina did. But the fact that Wash now knows the lengths she was willing to go to try to set things right, um, I think will go a long way. Whether or not he's going to be able to forgive her right away is kind of irrelevant in the grander scheme of things in terms of fixing the universe, but because this is such a character driven narrative and it always has been, that is such a huge concern for, you know, people like us who absolutely love the freelancers and um, who just love all the reds and blues in general. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Wash sort of coping with that and being conflicted about being angry, but also understanding. And I think one of the lines that I really appreciated was Donut going, yeah, it was the the closest I had ever heard her to uh, tears, except for just now. (laughs) And it was like, ooh, ooh. But, yeah, they, they go off together and, yeah. I really like this dynamic. I really like that they're teamed up. And I really like Donut stepping up and telling Wash to get his act together.
0: So the plan that we go on to is, well, we need to give them a memory. We need, they have deja vu. They know something's not right. So the plan continues to be, make them know something they couldn't possibly know. And it turns into, let's go back to a time before they met Wash and have them meet Wash. And see what happens the problem with that is not time but space so Donut winds up back in blood gulch and Wash winds up back as recovery one and what I find interesting about this is we made a point this episode of he has a lot of stuff to unpack regarding Carolina and what does he go back to York's death so this I'm sure will factor into it, whether it's a matter of managing to make it there before York dies, or whether it's having a conversation with Delta, or whatever it could be, I will be very surprised if where we are now doesn't have a hell of a lot of lead in from where we just were. So this is going to hurt, like, a lot.
1: Do you think he's gonna go ahead and get a jump start on things and go ahead and kill the meta? And yeah, that's gonna that's gonna cause definitely a lot more paradoxes and more cracks in the <laughs> in the barrier and everything like that. But it's like, hey, look, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and kill the meta and south real quick before I head to Blood Gulch, just real, real quick, guys, real quick.
0: <laughs> I'll be right there. I mean, this is already going to be a paradox <laughs> iteration because he's going off the rails as it is. Like, well. I have my job as recovery, but he can't go immediately to Recover North. If, the, if he does go up to Recover Delta, he can't go Recover North next. He can't stay on these tracks because then it kind of defeats the point. He needs to get back to Blood Gulch before the orders come through to split them up.
1: Sorry, Donut, I still have a few things to work through with Project Freelancer. I'll be there soon. <laughs>
0: Okay, but Walsh carrying Delta for a while though. Like more conversation between these two idiots.
1: Oh my gosh. Delta talking about time paradoxes. <laughs> I'm kind Holy of shit. I'm kind of in love with that idea. Okay. Okay. I need it. Shut up and take my money um wait we're already paying for a subscription you already have it um give it to me now then
0: I'm say I have a first account and Verve premium we're absolutely paying for this shut up and continue to take my money and also give me more of this and I, I want to go down this rabbit hole because I'm that nerd so we have Delta who is logic but he's not pure logic he is the logic split apart from an AI created from the mind of an AI theoretical scientist. So how much would Dr. Director Leonard Church have known about the science of time and the idea of time travel because time travel is not possible, etc., etc., except what it absolutely is because the gods are AI.
1: I suppose it depends on what he's a doctor of. Like, was that his... I mean, is that what he got his doctorate in? Or is that just the program he was working in in the military?
0: I would imagine that that was what he got his doctorate in because he made change... Like, he made developments in the field. He had actual scientific advantages... Advances... Before they had to rewrite laws because he went so far off the deep end, he wound up in the shallow end of the opposite shore.
1: I'm just saying, people like that, especially people in, like, fiction often have multiple degrees and multiple sort of fields of study, and I'm also saying even if that's not the case, even if he doesn't have multiple degrees, it's entirely possible that part of the study of, you know, AI development I imagine that in any sort of science where you're getting your doctorate, I imagine at some point you'll have to take some quantum physics classes. I feel like he has at least a rudimentary understanding of
0: time travel. His PhDs are in AI science, neuroscience, programming, and dance. And
1: horribleness!
0: (laughs) We went for two very different geeky references on that, and I appreciate it. Dr. Director Leonard Church, you done fucked up everything. But that is a whole other podcast that we could spend multiple hours on. As it is, I think we've covered this episode pretty thoroughly. Do you have any other thoughts or predictions for this? Because my prediction is we're going to spend a little quality time with Delta, more so than Canon.
1: Off the top of my head, I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm like my brain is going onto the trajectory of Wash getting Delta and then making his way over to Blood Gulch and us getting to spend more time with Delta in this sort of scenario and I, I really dig that. Um, in my mind, I feel I'm wondering if something that could happen in the Everwhen is donut and Washington ending up in two different times. Because right now they're in the same time, but not the same place. And that's because they were traveling together, and they thought back to a particular point in time. I'm wondering if it's possible that they can get separated in terms of time. And yeah, theoretically you can just hop back into the Everwent and find each other, I guess. I don't know. I'm concerned about them getting separated time-wise, and I'm concerned about Washington going down the rabbit hole of his own memories and the memories of Epsilon and the memories of Dr. Church. What I wonder is if he's going to get lost in that way and it's Carolina or some of the other Reds and Blues all together having to pull him out of that. Which is essentially what they were trying to do last season. In my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to think of like what would be a good framework for that whole forgiveness aspect of things, but also like allowing some redemption and i'm wondering if like her pulling pulling washington out of those negative epsilon memories would be a good segue into like okay i forgive you or if that wouldn't be the case because there's no way to get separated time-wise i have no idea i what i'm predicting happen will happen is that at some point Washington will go further down the rabbit hole of those memories.
0: That is entirely possible and who knows, this might be what kicks it off because we are back in Recovery 1 and uh, these are some dark days. These are some dark days for Wash. So we'll see. This should be fun and interesting and also incredibly, I'm fully expecting this to be incredibly painful because again, Miles is writing this one and we're in a York-centric time, and he's really good at taking that and just being like, did you need those heartstrings? Because I didn't think you did, but we're just going to pull on him anyway. Because it's Miles, and he loves us, and this is how he shows it. <laughs> Have some emotions. <laughs>
1: it's a very weird way of telling someone that you love them. <laughs>
0: It's just emotions taking me over. And that's all you get because we'll get pulled for copyright otherwise. Anyway, I think that is all we have to say for this one. Megan, where can the people find you?
1: You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also do a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost. So be sure to check that out
0: and i'm katie you can follow me all over the social medias as well as on youtube and twitch at kia that is k-i-a-x-e-t if you like reaction videos to these episodes they live on that youtube channel and i am also on a different podcast it is an overwatch podcast called on the point so be sure to check that out it's on that youtube channel and also on anchor at um yeah on anchor.fm slash on the point Um, thank you guys for supporting us thank you guys for listening we are rooster team or rooster team radio on anchor.fm you can support us here I would also recommend listening to all of our other wonderful podcasts that you can find wherever podcasts are not sold but rather downloaded for free we've been doing bits and pieces of ruby redux including some of the best frozen two theories I have ever heard so those have been super fun so far we also covered all of Gen Lock on our podcast, Gen Lockdown. So if you took advantage of Rooster Teeth's recent free day on April 1st and went to go watch Gen Lock, head back and listen to all of Gen Lockdown because it's all four of us on the Rooster Team crew breaking it down and having a grand old time with that one. So be sure to do that. Be sure to subscribe, support us here, support us in our tea Public shop. You know... Do all those wonderful things that help keep us running and help keep us making content. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you in the Everwen.